we do every day is influenced by how we think and the state of the mind we're in. And the state of the mind we're in automatically affects all those around us. Welcome to Change Making Women, the podcast for women who make a difference. With Ziada Bade in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, and Marianne Clements in London, in the UK. So, hi, and welcome to Change Making Women. I'm Marianne Clements in London, and I'm here as usual with Ziada. Hi, Ziada. Hi, Marianne, and podcasting all the way from Dar es Salaam. And we have a guest with us this evening. So, uh, it's actually afternoon, my time, but it's evening there, right? <laughs> yes, it is evening. <laughs> so, we have Esther yeah. with us today. So, hi, Esther. Hello, hello, Marianne. Welcome to the show. And Ziada. <laughs> so it'd be great if you could tell us where you, where in the world you are, you know, for our listeners. I know we already talked about that, but just, just to let them know. And just something about you and, and what you do, just to introduce people to you, really. Okay. Um, I am in Tanzania, mm-hmm. uh, specifically in Kigoma region. And um, I currently stay in Kibondo District, which is part of Kigoma region. And um, I work with refugees, um, refugees um, from mainly Burundi and Congo. Mm-hmm. And um, I work as the senior mental health and psychosocial support manager. And so um, in this part, um, of the world, we provide uh, services to like over 300,000 refugees, uh, mainly in um, three camps uh, called Nyarugusu, Nduta, and Mtendeli. And so um, we have camps that have been here for over 20 years, and uh, we have some that um, have opened uh, and closed in um, the previous years, but uh, have reopened again due to the influx that we had in 2016. Wow. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Thank you for mm-hmm. telling us something about what you're doing. I think I'd like to start by asking you, like, how you got into doing this kind of work. And then we'll talk a bit more about the work in, in, in a bit. But just how you come, came to be working with refugees in the first place. Wow. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, so to begin with, uh, before I was, um, I was working um, in, um, in a hospital, Mm-hmm. as well as in uh, school settings. So I was uh, a school psychologist dealing with children and adolescents and some youth. And um, I had done this work for two years and um, I, I came across um, a post to work with refugees um, in the refugee camps in Kigoma. And so uh, where I was working before, it's like in Arusha, and uh, Arusha and Kigoma is like very far. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, I still was inspired to come and work with refugees because um, I saw this advert on the International Rescue Committee, um, what they do, uh, 
um, how they have touched so many souls, refugees, helping them, you know, alleviating their suffering in one way or another, providing hope. And so it's something that really inspired me. And I was like, hey, um, it's time to get out of your comfort zone and try something new, you know? Mm. So um, in spite of Kigoma being very remote, being very far, uh, it's like one of the... <laughs> the uh, most or underdeveloped um, regions in Tanzania. But I didn't really mind about that. But I said, well, I think there's something I can do. There's something I can learn. And so that's what really inspired me. So I joined IRC in 2016. Um, but I joined in as the um, Women Protection and Empowerment Manager. So I was working with vulnerable women who have been survivors of um, um, physical abuse, sexual abuse, um, and all these other forms of abuse that women normally experience, and especially it's worse for refugees. Mm. So I worked with women for about uh, six months. And then um, that's when there was a call that we would need to start a mental health and psychosocial support uh, program for the refugees. And so um, this came with a background that um, women had places to, to access services. Children had also many, there were also many organizations that were providing services for children. There were also uh, organizations as well providing service for youth which is also under IRC because we have child protection we have women empowerment we have reproductive health we have education but there are some groups that were not accessed uh, particularly when it comes to just general mental health mm. uh, and this could include um, uh, um, let's say some people from the elderly, some men, uh, some other children who do not fall under the categories that these organizations look into. So it was something that was needed to just cut across serving all ages, all genders. Um, yeah. And just everyone who can freely access. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so um, I began uh, that department mm -hmm. as a single staff. Okay. Definitely not on my own, but with the support of my supervisors and the great team that I have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. there's, if, you, if there's 300,000 refugees in the camps, how, how do you kind of cope with trying to provide service across such a massive population yeah uh, <laughs> well um so at the moment um there's some refugees uh, especially burundians who are repatriating going back to burundi mm -hmm. so the number has somewhat lessened to approximately 280 mm -hmm. and so uh still it's still a big number <laughs> Yeah. Um, and considering that um, we still are, we are like 15 staff who provide these services mm -hmm. and um, all of us have a background in counseling psychology. Mm -hmm. And so we provide these services in what we call wellness center. 
wellness centers mm -hmm. because we know mental health is associated with a lot of stigma. Um, mm -hmm. Some people think you have to be crazy going out there naked or picking up things in the road. That's when you're, you're identified for having a mental health uh, problem. But in reality, you don't, those are just different levels and mental health problems are problems anyone can get. So with a little number of staff that we've had, we've decided to have these wellness centers work with the refugee staff and make sure that we reach these people. So is it like you have a wellness center in each camp and, and people get to know about it being there, that kind of thing? Yes, yes. Um, as I told you, we have five of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have some camps that are smaller than the others. Sure. So, say, two camps are quite big, so they have two wellness centers. And yeah. for the smaller camp, which serves a smaller population, has only one wellness center. Mm -hmm. And so... Therein we have uh, the counselors and then we have the refugee staff whom we call the mental health workers and they help us a lot. They go to the community, the refugee community, they talk about mental health, they talk about resilience and coping, they talk about how you can access services and so they bring clients to us to provide counseling and mm -hmm. other interventions. Yeah. Mm, was was actually just about to ask you how do you convince these uh -huh. families to come in for counseling? <laughs> well, that's a good question. It was actually so hard at the beginning because you know mental health is is it's it's not popular. I mean, it's not known, um, especially in Africa, much worse in Tanzania. Like mm, no people one takes it really seriously. Like it's a you know exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, in, uh, in spite of us serving the Burundians and Congolese, still there was the same problem because even in their countries, mental health is still not a priority. So we had to really psychoeducate them. We really had to tell them that because some of them believe that yeah, those people with um, any or presenting any mental health symptoms, they're either bewitched, they're cursed, or there's something wrong that they did, or some believe that even um, these, it's a communicable disease and they stigmatize those people who experience these conditions. So we had to do a lot of unlearning of myths and telling them about facts. And... Um, I'm glad we've been having success stories of people who have actually been well. And so upon the consent of these people, we have been going with them to the community and they freely express and tell them, hey, I was having such a problem, but I'm okay. And, and you know, it's something that works, you know. What has been the most, you know, the stand-up um, condition out of the whole mental, you know, wellness uh, okay, okay. So the prevailing or the most prevalent conditions yeah. that we have, yeah, that we have been receiving at our wellness centers, the first one is depression. Uh, and this depression, uh, of course, moving from moderate to severe, and it covers like over 50% of all the mental health uh, conditions that we have in the camp. So um, then after depression, we have uh, trauma, post-traumatic stress disorder. And then uh, we also have um, general anxiety. 
Um, we also have um, those who are going through um, suicidal ideation or those who were in the brink of committing suicide and, you know, survivors of suicide. Um, we also have those who are suffering from interpersonal concerns, you know, and um, things basically of that nature. But the top three are, are uh, depression, post-traumatic stress, and anxiety. Yeah, yeah, and we have a few a few cases uh, to do also with substance dependence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to ask a bit more about the the context in the camps, like what? Because I would have thought that um, some of those conditions were, would be likely to be pretty prevalent in the context of people that have been, you know, forced to move from their homes and living in kind of long-term temporary accommodation. I was just going to ask a little bit more about, um, for people that don't know anything about the context there, who might be listening from somewhere else in the world, like what's the, what's, what's the environment like in the camps and, and what are the kind of reasons why these people have moved? Just, just in, you know, in brief, you know. Okay. Um... So briefly, uh, mainly uh, the people leave uh, Congo and Burundi uh, due to political instability. That has been the main reason yeah. why they come or they flee from the country to, to seek uh, refuge in Tanzania. Mm. And um, another thing is that the conditions in the camp uh, where they're staying, first of all, um, it's very green. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there are many trees, the land is very fertile, mm -hmm. um, it's, the weather is very, um, we have extremes, so it's either extremely rainy or extremely dusty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, the roads are, we don't have tamak roads in the camp, so... Yeah, it's, it's, it's really not the best condition, but it is somewhere where they can be comfortable, somewhere where they can start their lives all over again, um, somewhere where they can uh, build hope for the future because we also have schools, um, we have um, uh, children studying from like um, all the way from grade one until secondary school. We have vocational studies as well. We have uh, women's centers in which women do women craft. Um, they do all these other activities, pot making and um, basket weaving in which they even sell them elsewhere. We also have like different mental health support groups. So it's, it's quite um, a small environment, but it has a lot of dynamics. It's like a total village in itself. There's a market and uh, people get access to services, basic services at least. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So I want to ask you, Esther, in terms of your work there, like what motivates you to keep going with it um, despite some of the challenges, I guess, in people understanding what you're trying to offer and... Mm. Yeah, yeah. And maybe what are the challenges, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, um, so what motivates me? Um, um, 
I really like serving people. Um, if you see the context of where I came from and where I, I am right now, I told you previously, like the two extremes, but I find more joy, satisfaction and fulfillment in what I do because I see a direct impact of what I do. Um, you see someone coming to the center, all dirty, tattered, downcast face. But after having a few sessions with them, you see them leaving, smiling. I mean, they can finally go home, cook for the children, take care of the homes, engage in activities. It's, it's life-changing and it's very inspiring for me, like um, seeing this immediate or direct change affected by the services that we provide. And you can find people in the brink of suicide, some hopeless about their life. They see no future, but after meeting us, we can able we can be able to you know start a new page, uh, in, uh, get into some new activity, you know, uh, bring hope, and it it works like a like a ripple effect. Um, you know, when it comes to issues about mental health or someone's uh, mind or mental wellness. Um, what we do every day is influenced by how we think and the state of the mind we're in. And the state of the mind we're in automatically affects all those around us. And so, say, example, I'm a mother, uh, a refugee mother at home. Um, say I'm a victim of abuse or I'm a survivor of abuse from my husband. At the same time, I'm pregnant. And then I develop depression. Uh, I have some kids, uh, maybe three or four of them who need my attention. But because I'm abused, I cannot, uh, and I've developed depression, maybe I cannot cook, I cannot keep my house tidy. I'm just always thinking sometimes food is just burning and until someone comes and tells me, hey, make sure, hey, something's burning. And you know, mm -hmm. so it's like someone just becomes lost. But once they gain or they get back or they find a means of coping, all this changes very drastically and significantly. And you can find that fine, they go home, they, they take care of the children, they, they take care of their, uh, their husband, they take care of the kids. I mean, they undergo a safe delivery, you know, because we have cases of some women not being able to breastfeed their children uh, connected to some psychological problems. So, it's just the root of many things that we do. And so it's very fulfilling to see people spring back to life again. Yeah. yeah. I, I hear that. And I, and I wonder, as we had just said, like, are, are there significant challenges and struggles in your work as well? What, what things challenge you? Uh, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say that... Um, the main challenge that we have, uh, first of all, we have um, some funding challenges. Huh? Mm -hmm. So um, lately we've been underfunded, um, the program generally, not only for, for mental health, but generally the refuge, refugee uh, programs in Tanzania, there's been a, a significant uh, reduction in funding. Mm -hmm. um, and this has somewhat affected um, the way we provide services, we had to cut down staff. Um, there's some activities that we couldn't do. Uh, that's one. Mm -hmm. um, 
And another challenge that we have is um, it's hard to really mainstream mental health <laughs> yeah. because um, we know it's a cross-cutting issue, which is important for everyone to just have the whole 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 being of functioning. So it's not really been given the recognition that it deserves. Mm-hmm. And um, if it's been recognized, it's just little by a few people, but I feel there's still more, um, there's still more that can be put in mental health because if people get to recognize it more, if people get to prioritize it more, then we would actually um, prevent many problems because we have um, what we call psychosomatic um illnesses yeah? in which someone is um or f- someone falls sick or maybe their condition worsens because of um, psychological or mental um condition or problem that they're going through mm-hmm. yeah because we have uh we have diseases like ulcers we have high blood pressure we have um, heart attacks we have impotence we have hypertension all these do have a link to mental health as well. So if there were mental wellness was considered or was mainstreamed, then we could prevent a lot of problems. And also related to violence, like, okay, you can find um, um, people becoming um, victims of, of our survivors of violence and these perpetrators, not to justify anything, I'm not justifying anything, but you may never know what influence they're under, what stresses they're carrying, but they wrongly use it and project it on vulnerable people. Mm. Yeah, so everything begins in the mind. Absolutely, yeah. and there has been a lot of uh, talk, especially um, around mental illness. I think um, throughout uh, December, I've seen a lot of talks, especially now, on the side of men saying that, you know, women have all these centers, they have a place to go, of which I, I, I personally believe I stand to be correct that there are not so many of them. And most women, yes, we can, we talk about our problems easily to other women, yeah. but when it comes to men, mm-hmm. for them, it's a little bit difficult for them, you know, to open up and, and talk. So there's been a lot of talk when it comes to, you know, men don't have anywhere to go or they don't mm-hmm. know how to, don't know how to recognize if they're going through mm-hmm. depression or you know or they're going through anxiety and and, and so sure. on so you know although i know you were you were dealing mainly you know with the, with the women around the refugees but um on the other side of the coin um is that something that you know you you, you also look into or the organization looks into um or you, you know you try and lobby or for this to happen because i believe you know, although there is the women part, but at the same time, a, a woman can, you know, can get the effects if the partner mm. is going through that. Yes, exactly. So, um, as I told you earlier, that is also why uh, this uh, this program was formed, because um, it's not only focusing on women, but it focuses on men as well. 
And uh, when we started or when we began this program initially, um, they uh, many people thought, oh, okay, it's another women's center. But when we were going out to the community and saying that it's for everyone, um, we had zero men coming, but the number increased up to 40% of our clients are men. And so it's very encouraging uh, to feel that men can also freely come and talk about their problems. And we've had success stories of women coming and say, hey, what did you do to my man? He doesn't beat me these days. He's very gentle, but it's because he was struggling with some stressors. So it's, it's really been also effective.
uh, in which we have a psychiatrist who comes to provide mental health services in the camp and provides medication as well to these people. So there are many ways in which we are expanding. Say this year, we're planning also to look into integrating uh, mental health in uh, reproductive health as well and have a group for mothers who um, uh, who are either pregnant or who are have just delivered because there's some who just neglect their children. They go through perinatal depression, which just affects everything. So it's something that we want to venture into. So there's so many areas that mental health can cut across, and it's what we're doing right now. Mm. It's really interesting, yeah. Esther, because I was thinking, I would think of IRC as being about kind of immediate humanitarian response, but, the, it, but it sounds like you're doing a lot of capacity building in the mental health sector, which would be really valuable mm -hmm. elsewhere in the country as well. So it's really interesting mm -hmm. to hear about. Yeah, thank you for sharing that with us. I, I, I want to hear a bit more about you <laughs> before we finish. Like... <laughs> We have this question we like to ask, like, how do you make sure you look after yourself and relax when you're doing, you know, such valuable work that I can imagine can keep you pretty busy? <laughs> Very busy. <laughs> Too busy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think uh, the first thing is when you're passionate about what you do, mm. it, it just doesn't become work. <laughs> it, 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 it becomes, I don't know, it's part of your life. You're just so engrossed in it. Um, you become very engaged. You become very innovative. And you're constantly thinking of how you can improve and make things better. Mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes, yeah, I admit it can take so much of a toll. Mm -hmm. But um, whenever I feel like, okay, um, I think I'm pushing myself a bit too much, I, I just relax. I go on leave, I go for a trip, I eat my favorite food. I, um, yeah, I, I like traveling. That's what I do. I sing, I play guitar, I meet mm -hmm. friends. I go to church, I pray, <laughs> yeah, uh, and also, yeah, I spend time with my husband, he's a comedian at times, so it really helps me relax. So I want to ask you, what's your, what's your favorite food? <laughs> <laughs> Pizza, which is not in Kibondo. <laughs> no, I could imagine though. <laughs> There's, there is no pizzeria in Kibondo. So what I do? You have to learn how to how to make it seriously. Or buy so many frozen <laughs> ones. <laughs> I know. So you know, I'm like, okay, fine, man. There's no pizza. So what do I do? Sometimes, um, yeah, you can make it, but still, it's still not that good. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I just get to eat whatever I want to eat. Sometimes <laughs> it's the way I do with. My Yes. Ice cream is only in one store. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> I'm in a very remote place. Like, if you don't have the passion on, like, to do or you don't really like what you do, you cannot stay mm. here. So you have It'll be very challenging, passion. yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the good thing is that um, it's very serene. Everything is just uh, fresh, fresh food. Um, 
no no GMOs. Everything is just from the garden. Mm. It's it's good. Yeah, it's, it's healthy. So you say you play guitar. Does that mean you make music, or you just play guitar for yes. for relaxation right. purposes? No, no, okay. no. I, 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 uh, yeah, I love music. I write songs. I write poems. I, okay. I play guitar. I sing. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. We would, love, we would love to hear your music and your poems. <laughs> You have, to, you have to send it through. Marianne, I wish we knew that she would have, she would have done a live uh, 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 guitar session. <laughs> Next time, maybe, but I mostly play in Absolutely. my room. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So where can people find you if they have questions, you know, they want to learn more, they want to know more what you do in your, in your center and, and the services that you provide? Where can people find you online? Online, uh, <laughs> so um, uh, maybe uh, if I can share my email. Yeah, so far I think that's uh, the best way they can contact me so far um, and easier. Okay. I'm very poor with social media. <laughs> ah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I should sharpen my social media. Uh, Absolutely. Whatever. Doing such great work. You should be sharing it with the, with the world. <laughs> Esther, Esther, I'm thinking maybe do you want to share the IRC website and how people can contact IRC Tanzania? And then that would be a way yeah. to you, right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, so the IRC website is um, rescue.org. Yeah rescue.org and then I think they can search for Tanzania on there probably and find the details right yes 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 rescue.org so there you can get all the IRC programs uh, where we are located in across all the world and of course you can see programs specific to Tanzania and yeah you can generally know about IRC and I really thank IRC for for giving me this opportunity and uh, opening my eyes to new possibilities and I feel like I'm really exercising my potential. That's right. Yeah. That's great mm -hmm. to hear. When we publish the podcast, we'll put a link to the website as well so people can, people yes. can follow that. It's, yes. it's, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for being with us, Esther. I've really enjoyed hearing about your work. <laughs> yeah, very interesting work, you know. Uh, thanks so much, Dad and Mary. It was, um, it was a good time um, having this exchange with you. And our theme tune over and over was written and performed by Eleanor Brown, who you can find at eleanorbrownmusic.com.